Hey, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Vicky. I was just told not to be clever because this is a serious podcast. So I will not try to be clever <laughs> at any level. There is no cleverality so... that will happen. Lead the way. You're so inappropriate. That's not what you need to say when you press record. No, I'm trying not. Just press record. I'm not being and... clever. Oh, you're just. What do you want? Nonsense. Utter how, nonsense. How would you like to lead people into a um, spiritual um, time today? <laughs> I... Oh, you're so ridiculous. Have you ever laughed so hard that like you split... I, I don't know where that saying comes from. I just split my pants. That, is that laughing yeah. so hard or is that yes, working so that's hard? That's exactly where the last time I laughed so hard. Now I don't split my pants, but I like Is that where the same like, thing could from almost split pee my pants? myself? Mm. Uh the last time that happened, we were invited over to someone's house for dinner and she made a gluten free pie. <laughs> I have never in my life I have never in my life laughed so hard trying to cut through a pie. We could have used a saw, like an electric saw, but no, we were trying to use, we tried a steak knife and we were trying to stab it and break it. At one point I was like, I had washed my hands because this was like, just as things were starting to open up after COVID. So we all know to wash our hands properly, but I'm like trying to crack the crust and pull it apart. And I could not. I remember that. It was that there was something wrong with we that. We laughed so hard. Good morning, Shane. It was very cathartic. G- cathartic. Laughter is cathartic. So, yeah, I hear that more often. Why do you ask? About peeing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so when you laugh, when you sneeze. It's because you hang out with a lot of women that have had children. They Children and they're getting older, I guess. Mm-hmm. You pee yourself a lot. Um, a no, I laughed. Like, I love laughing. So, like... I don't like laughing just for fun, but I laugh because something's tickling me on the inside. You don't laugh out loud easily. No, but I was reading my dad's spiritual journey book. He wrote a memoir, I guess. And there was a precursor to the part that I found funny. Um, I forget what it was, but he talked about Indonesia as an archipelago. And I like I couldn't, like I was driving and I almost had to pull over. I was crying because it was some, like my my parents when we came back from Indonesia, we my parents did a presentation and it was like one of those carousel slideshows and a, um, an audio um, tape that would play on the sound system. Oh, really? And part of it was like Indonesia, an archipelago of islands. <laughs> That's all I remember. The torture of sitting through and you were a church kid services. and you had to sit through the long church service that was the same every church you guys would. And go whenever to. he did a presentation, it was typically at night, so it was like the night church. Oh my goodness! Remember when we went to night church? Remember night church? If you grew up really. in church, you went to night church Sunday night. Sunday night church. Yeah. So there, I Back think, I think I love, days. I love laughing. I think it's, I think it's therapeutic. It is therapeutic. I, I think laughing and crying are both different ends of therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, what about anger? How do you, how do you, cause ex- feeling and expressing anger is also cathartic and therapeutic, but it's like tricky to navigate that in a healthy way. And there's like a lot of us 
me, that are really afraid of anger. Other people's anger, especially. Yeah, I, I find, I don't find the emotion of anger therapeutic, but I guess there's an outcome of the emotions. Like, so if something's funny, then I laugh. So there's an outcome that is cathartic. But if there's an amend to be made due to my anger, I think there's some, but if some I've been healing ha- in that. If I've been harmed or like hurt or like something destructive has happened, I should, I've learned, be able to experience, give space to that anger and hurt inside of me and even express it in a way that's healthy, which that is just that's such a, a that's tricky... A, that's a therapeutic as well. If you can express that's all of your emotions in that's a proper way. That's what I was, uh, I, I was thinking of. There was times where I was younger that I couldn't not laugh. Like there was like inappropriate laughter where I could like there's no stopping me no matter what like that I can't stop and so my brother would know that a little bit and so he would actually pick on me in some instances where it's like quiet church service and he would start and like I couldn't look at him and then when I'm not looking then I'm thinking what he's doing so it's actually producing a laughter inside of me and then I have to like leave the room but then I get in trouble (laughs) for leaving the room so this one time we are on wooden pew benches in a very um, historic, not historic, but reverent situation. I think communion was happening. There was peace and silence. And then there was a rip, like flatulence on the bench beside me. And I'm like trying not to laugh because it's my brother. He passed a little bit of gas and it rang through the, the church. And so I'm trying not to laugh. Like, I'm like bobbing up and down. And I look over and he's going like this. Yeah. And it wasn't me. I couldn't stop laughing. Like, I had to leave the room. I don't know what the end of that was. Oh, I'm pretty sure you wound up with a spanking. Ah, probably. (laughs) Like in those days. Those were the good old days of spanking your children. (laughs) Moving right along. What's more funny than spankings? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here we go. What's... I think one of the worst spankings I ever witnessed. You got a spanking? Oh. oh. <laughs> witnessed, witnessed was because the kid laughed. What kid? There's one no possible way to like make a, a parent, a spanking parent, more, more upset than to laugh at, at their spanking. Yeah, but that's... Oh, yeah, laughing at the spanking. Don't my laugh mom, at your spanking. My mom used to no, do that with a spoon. We, no one spanks the we children like anymore. We were like scare laughing crying no all one. at the same time. All right, let's get our we're spiritual... We're not condoning spanking. Let's, I don't... I think... Please yeah, don't send us hate mail. I have thoughts of spanking, but... Um, okay, let's get our spiritual game on. This is our morning meditation, our contemplative meditation. We will take this idea out into the world today. Uh, this is God's day, and we get to be a part of it. We are his children. He is the parent. And what will he have um, to yes. say to us through? Wow. Anyway. All right, here we go. Step one of the 12 steps. Admitted we are powerless. So basically, I have no power to stop drinking, stop adrenaline. I have no power in what I'm doing. I have, I've, I've lost the ability to choose when I stop and when I start is often thought to be the most difficult for all. But for some of us, though, the second step is just as hard because it suggests we admit that our own behavior isn't always been entirely sane. 
So I'm insane. <laughs> Here's an example. A fairly usual habit that is irrational and self-defeating is to make big troubles out of little ones. We don't do this because we haven't enough of the big ones. Oh, no. It's because we're so weighed down by it all that everything looks black and we fail to distinguish between what's crucial and important and what things we could afford to ignore and forget. Mm, creating chaos. That's what it speaks to me about. Uh, today's reminder. Every time something happens to frustrate or annoy me, I'll stand off and ask myself, is this a mountain or a molehill? I won't, I just won't waste time and nervous energy on unimportant things. I'll save them so I can cope with the big ones. Hmm, coping. Some folk, here's our, our quote, some folks worry and putter, push and shove, hunting little molehills and making big mountains of. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> making mountains out of molehills. So the insanity, in step two, we came to believe in a power greater than ourselves that could restore us to sanity, which is suggesting that the only way to make my mind sane is through the power of God and through the love of God, where his love will cast out all fear. And so I'm not insanely running and being driven by fear but I'm being guided by the light of God. And so I go from insanity to sane. And so, but when I'm in recovery, I can, I can drop my alcoholic insanity. God can take away my alcoholic insanity, but then I can, um, I can start to have the insanity that I can run my own life. Mm. And so the process of recovery is saying that I can't run my own life. That's what, that's what the insanity is that I'm not a good director of my own life. And so I have to come to believe in God that will run my life, that will be the manager. That's a big step for people that I think we gloss over. Is like, how do I truly go, I'm giving up the title of king, of parent, of director, of, of teacher, and I just get to be the child. I get to be the actor. I think we, it's easy to gloss over that, but the reality of the, the consequences of actually giving that all up. And walking in the sanity that God will run my life and I can't. Well, I know for me last year, I had to get quiet. I got quiet. There was just... I needed to disrupt some of those patterns of knowing what's a big thing and what's a little thing. Um, you know, understanding that um, I was that that's what I was doing. I didn't, I didn't understand that that's what I was doing and I didn't, I wasn't doing it on purpose. And so I think I, I know there, and I mean, it's interesting to think about because I'm like, would I have done the same thing if COVID hadn't happened? If mm. I didn't, you know, like I had already lost my job and I had already started looking into like, I need to do something differently because, you know, anxiety and just this constant pattern of chaos and, I knew that I wanted to do something differently. And so COVID hit a few months later and I don't know that I, I don't know if I would have been able to get as quiet as I did, but I think it was really mm -hmm. necessary for me. There was a really necessary time for me to like not talk to people about what was going on, you know, like not be, and then also not be distracted from 
what I was learning. You know, like I can keep myself really busy. So would it be fair to say that as quiet as I can get, it'll show me the level of insanity because there's screaming voices in my head. Yeah. And there's so much yeah. tension and anxiety that when everything is cleared away, I still have this inside. Of yeah. Me. Yeah. I think that's exactly what happened for me. And then I didn't believe, I didn't think I was, I would be the kind of person that could ever sit quietly and, you know, just be still. And, but yet, but yet I thought, I actually thought that that's what I was doing. I thought that that was part of my life, but it really mm-hmm, wasn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know how to be still and especially not in any, any constructive way. And I didn't, I didn't understand that there's these disciplines like spiritual disciplines, but also life disciplines that could bring so much clarity and calm and peace and like order and serenity into mm-hmm, my life. Mm-hmm. And I really pushed up against them. I pushed, totally pushed against them because I would rather, I would rather I, back in my chaotic times, I would rather just like focus on all the difficulties, all the, the all the mountains. Yeah. And so the whole concept of turning a, a, a molehill into a mountain is so that I can actually respond to it, react to it, play God, control situations, control the circumstances, and continue uh, and perpetuate the cycle of me being Sure, but boss. I never would have said that. That is absolutely 100% not what I would have said. I would have said that I was being really helpful. Mm-hmm. I was being of service to God. I was being helpful. I was being um, involved, you know. I didn't see it as control or fixing or creating chaos. I didn't understand that. Mm -hmm. And Shannon says, God works in mysterious ways. He (laughs) can move mountains. That's so true. And on that point, we will end. um, And and the meditation is, am I creating chaos? Am I creating uh, bigger problems that there needs to be? Because I want to be in the middle of it. I want to fix them. I want to control um, and I want to do God's job. So step two says, I come to believe in in the power of God that can release me from the insanity that I can manage my restless, irritable spirit. On that note, we will leave and we will see you tomorrow. Until then, keep the peace, be of good behavior, and be salt and light to the world around you. <laughs>